Hey, thanks for checking out the Good Life EDU podcast. And wanted to start off today's episode by sharing that we have had the best week, the best month uh, with regards to downloads. And we're incredibly grateful for all of our listeners' continued engagement and support. If you get the opportunity to like or rate or review us on your respective podcast platform, we'd really appreciate it. It helps to elevate the conversations uh, and draw more attention to the great work that's going on. And that's really the aim of this pod is to help us to communicate, to collaborate, and to shine a spotlight on the positive things that are happening in education in Nebraska, across the country. And we're just really passionate about the opportunity to do that. So thank you for taking part in this. You'll notice very early on that this is a conversation that we had the opportunity to record with Brandon at near the end of school, and so a few weeks back. And though it's been a few weeks, we've held on to this episode to try to draw out our promotion of the Future Ready Conference. Uh, it certainly should not take anything away from Brandon's message, as this is a conversation that I am incredibly excited to share uh, and hope that everybody finds as fun and as insightful uh, as I have found it. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and certainly want to say thank you to all of you for your continued listenership and support. Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And as the school year is drawing to a close, I have a great opportunity today to chat with Brandon Mowinkle, who is the principal of Milford Junior and Senior High School here in Nebraska. And he's also going to be one of our keynote speakers at the Future Ready Nebraska Conference. And so uh, this podcast is in part an opportunity for us to draw your attention to that, that uh, on June 13th and 14th, that event will be taking place in Lincoln. Uh, you can also attend that remotely. Uh, and Brandon's not only going to deliver a keynote, but some follow-up sessions. And so we'll get a chance to preview his message and some of the topics he'll be able to talk about during that event. And so definitely make sure you check out nefutureadynebraska.com. And with all those plugs out of the way, Brandon, welcome to the pod. Well, thanks for having me today. Yeah, like I said, we're, we're nearing the end of the school year. And um, in, in the end of the school year is, is a busy time, but it's also can be very rewarding as well. But as you know, it, it, it can also uh, lend itself to some heavy conversations and, and some exhaustion and tiredness. And, and, uh, but we're, we're getting to the end. And that's maybe a note worth starting off on, I guess, is that I understand it has been uh, quite, if, I'm not even going to say year, few years uh, at this point in time. And you mentioned before we started recording today too, that you all had graduation here recently as well for those seniors, uh, which it makes it a reflective season for, for sure. So where are you at with things, I guess, and, and maybe we'll just kind of check in with you as a principal there uh, before we talk about all the sessions and things later on. So this year uh, has been, um, as I told you earlier, probably one of the heaviest years I've had in education. This is my 20th year, my 10th year as principal, 15th year as a school administrator. You know, we're coming off of uh, two years of the pandemic and, and all of that that went with that. But also as a local community, we've, we've had some pretty heavy tragedies that have affected our students, our staff, and our community as a whole. And, and each time uh, you go through that, um, you do, you self-reflect, you contemplate the why and the grieving process. And every time you think you're to a point, it seems like we've been hit with another one. And, you know, we had a, we had a tragedy Thursday night um, prior to graduation that made graduation pretty heavy, but at the same time, it also reaffirmed who we are as a community, um, as a school, 
and the ability to wrap our arms around those that are grieving and um, help each other get through it. And, you know, graduation is, is the, as I tell our seniors, the one event we have to get perfect each year because it's a celebration of them and their hard work. And we wanted to still be able to honor them and all of their accomplishments because um, we, this senior class is truly, uh, I'm going to back up real quick. <laughs> so each year on graduation morning, I write a letter to our seniors and it's a reflection piece for me about what they did, what they mean, what their legacy is to not only myself, but our community and our school community. And as I sat right here on Saturday morning, my reflection kept leading back to, it has been two and a half tough years. It's both personally, professionally, and it's been difficult for our kids. And when I started to think about everything they have accomplished and where they are going in life and, and their passion and their purpose and what they see themselves doing in three months, six months, five years, I couldn't be more proud of, of who they are as young adults. But I also kept coming back to leadership and I wrote in my letter, they were the right class at the right time to lead us through this school year because they took it upon themselves, like, no matter what is going on, we're a class, we're a school, and we're going to get through this. And they did that brilliantly. They led, they led us as adults, and uh, they made our job easy because it was like, what's next? What do we need to do? Where, where are we going? And not to get into specifics of what happened last week uh, here, but um, they had a classmate that um, was grieving and and in a very short amount of time and prior to graduation and they they just said we're going to do anything for them and that's to come back to the graduation day then like it was it was really heavy but at the same time it was such a joyous celebration because we were together as a school community our gym was packed we had 67 graduates it's our largest class in about 10 years and it was great to see the entire gym full of people kind of from the pandemic side of thing to see a gym full of people again for a graduation because we haven't had a normal graduation since 2019. But then also with all everything else going on in our community to see everybody there for this, the support of our families and everything going on um, was pretty special. And I think that's why it was it was such an emotional day too, is we were grieving, but we were celebrating at the same time. Wow, that harkens back to a conversation I had on the pod not too long ago where I was visiting with some educators that are over in service unit nine, really not too far from you all. And we're talking about, and I was referencing my own children who are elementary school age, that it takes a village and the role that the school plays within the immediate community, uh, but in service to kids and helping them grow up to you know meet their potential and those kind of things. And so to hear to hear your story there about the, the flip of that is I'm sure, you know, at some point when they become juniors and seniors, uh, that they have the capacity to be leaders if they're willing to step up and step into those spaces to uh, see that in the face of adversity, um, prolonged adversity is a pretty powerful uh, thing and, and, and certainly comes from leadership. Right? I, I feel like while there might be individuals who would have a tendency to lead in those instances for the entire class to have done that to the, in the way that you're talking about means that that's part of the culture of Milford. Um, and so can you speak to that a little bit, I guess, like how do you foster that in these kiddos? That's, that's something I'd want to see for my own. <laughs> so great question. And um, it's obviously a team effort and it's everybody pulling together in the same direction for the betterment of our kids. And it starts with opportunities. I have personal philosophy that, 
besides kids graduating, being able to read, write, problem solve, they also need to graduate with one passion, one purpose, and one employable job skill. And if we can do that, in my mind, we have set up our kids for success. And so since I've been able to lead this building for the last 10 years, that's been my message to my staff every year is passion, purpose, employable job skill. What can we do for our kids that's going to have them leave this building with at least one passion? Like, what are they passionate about today? It's not going to be the same thing they're passionate about in a year, two years, five years. It may be, but at least they can feel and understand what passion feels like. And then purpose. How do we give back to the greater community? Like, what is our purpose? What groups, organizations can we be involved in? What community service projects can we do? What we rely heavily on, like FCCLA, FBLA, FFA, uh, Builders Club, Key Club, and those organizations, Spanish Club, you know, to provide those opportunities to kids. Um, and then, then the employable job skill is just how do we, if you had to go out and get a job today, where could you go get that? Is that career and tech ed? Is it the writing portion of it? Uh, how do we ensure that our kids can be productive citizens? And so I feel as if we can provide opportunities for kids to go down any of those paths here, we are setting them up for success. And one really cool story from this past year and our seniors, which kind of ties back to the leaders that they are and the opportunities that they took advantage of is we have with ProStart, uh, Culinary Arts Program, and we've had it for probably 15 years here at Milford, and they compete on cooking food and management and setting up restaurants and those type of things. And the three kids that we had in ProStart this year, two of them you would have never guessed would ever have been involved in ProStart. But because of our teacher instilling, like she planted a seed, like, hey, how about you try this out? And so the three of them, two of them are tremendous athletes. Like you wouldn't have guessed they're in the kitchen cooking. And anyway, this, this past spring, they won the state competition and then competed at nationals in Washington, DC last week. So like you talk about instilling a passion, like none of the three will probably end up being world-class chefs, but they, through this program and this opportunity, they got to spend four days in Washington, DC. They spent a whole semester preparing at an elite level learning skills. They had chef mentors from the Nebraska Restaurant Association. So they learned from the best of the best. So even though they may not be working in the restaurant industry someday, they learned all of these skills that you could take in any aspect of life. And they got a really, really cool experience of getting to go to Washington, D.C. together for the week and, and um, competing. And they finished 17th in the nation, which is the highest a Nebraska team has ever finished at the National Pro Start Competition. So like, you put together like passion with hard work and dedication and you put all of those together. And that's a prime example of providing kids opportunities. And then it leads to leadership, right? Like the young underclassmen see what these three did and they're like, oh man, I saw Cave on the basketball court and, and Carter on the wrestling mat and they're doing this too. <laughs> like, how cool is that? You know, I have a seventh grade son, so he's observant of all of that. And, uh, you know, he picks up on like, you don't just have to be an athlete, you know, you don't just have to be in band and choir and, you know, I think that's kind of what we've tried to instill here in Milford as a culture is be involved. I don't care what you're involved in, be involved in something and give back to your community and pursue your passions and purpose at the same time. That hits so close to home. Actually, I was taking my kiddos to school today and they're already eyeing the end of the year and talking about how they're ready to get to that point in summer. And they should be right. I'm, I'm certainly not upset with them for that. But we did have a talk about, 
you know, don't overlook the opportunities that, that are right in front of you that may seem mundane or seem routine. Uh, step up and as we said, step up, step into those different experiences. And it's yeah, great to hear students doing that, whether it's uh, an academic front or some extracurricular. Uh, and that, that made me wonder, too, as you were sharing, and I can tell that this is just a part of who you are also. You said that as you came in to your current role 10 years ago, that this has been a consistent message that you have maintained over the duration of that time, which, one, I think is commendable to have not just change the theme every year, but to really stay grounded in those core values. But I want to ask, how did you arrive at this as a mantra? You've landed on these three principles. How? Yeah. And those have evolved over the last 10 years too, just like everything okay. else, you know, everything evolves. Right. And so um, when I stepped into this role, uh, we had the motto and we still do at Milford of everyone has a story makers we're telling. And that has been our North star, our lighthouse, our guiding point. And that, that does not waver. Like that is who we are. We're going to write better stories for ourselves and for our students and our community. And as I came into this role, I've had some tremendous mentors, the one that sat in the seat right before me, and people that I grew up as my teachers and coaches, and then people through Nebraska State Association of Secondary School Principals, the Elementary Principals Association, NCSA, have all influenced me in, in some way. And as you, as me, personally, you know, learn and grow, you pick up these tidbits. And so it started with the, the story mantra, like, we do have a story. How do we make that worth telling? And then about 10 years ago, about the same time I came into this role, I just started reading. Like I was never a reader. And all of a sudden I found myself just reading and consuming information. And a couple, I came across a couple books that have greatly impacted me. And, you know, you, you just like going to a conference, you find one thing that you can use when you bring back to your school. So when I read, I try to find the one thing, okay, what's the one big idea out of this book or this article or this podcast or, you know, YouTube video, TED talk that I can use. And when I started doing that and started being um, intentional about that, like these themes started to emerge. And the first one that came up was the passion part partially comes from the book, Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. And it just talks about following your passion in life. And then the second part of that was, but you still have to pay the bills. <laughs> like we could follow our passions all we want in our life, but it's not, it may not get us anywhere. And we need to be productive citizens because all of our mission statements in there have to be productive citizens. And so that's where it started. That was the first thing was, okay, if we can graduate kids with all of the things we've said in our belief statement about reading, writing, math, problem solving, compete honorably, but if we add this piece that's another focus of passion and employable job skill, I think we're going somewhere. And so that was probably seven, eight years ago. Those were the two. <laughs> Those were the two, passion and employable job skill. But then I kept reading and I'm like, I'm missing a piece. And I don't know where it came from. And it's probably from a whole slew of different things I've read. But uh, I got the book right here. So Seth Gooden wrote a book, What to Do When It's Your Turn. And it's always your turn is the point of the book. And I think that's where the purpose part came from was, yeah, we can have a passion. We definitely need employable job skill, but why are we doing what we're doing? Probably some Simon Sinek stuff mm -hmm. too, and your why. And, and I'm like, that's the third piece to all of this is our purpose. What's our purpose? We can have a passion that's outside of our purpose, but they go together too. Like, what, what are we doing for the greater good? What's, what's your purpose? How are you giving back to your community? And so 
that has probably been the last five or six years. And that has been my message for five or six years now is, is passion, purpose, employable job skill. And then how do we get that instilled in kids? And I start having those conversations with kids in seventh grade. Um, and seventh grade's hard. <laughs> You're a junior high, it's a transition year anyway. But if we can start planting that seed at that point, by the time they do get to juniors and seniors, and as you referenced earlier, is that's kind of when you have this shift of, of leadership, right? And um, your juniors and seniors take the reins and lead us. And it's not so much us leading them, it's they're leading us and they're leading the building. And that's part of the purpose. Like we want you to now lead us. And, and so that's kind of where that all came together. It's, it's just the, the consuming of information and then self-reflecting on it. And how does that fit into our own worldview, our own narrative, the stories we want to write for ourselves? Because then the second piece of that that I always stress with our teachers is we can talk the talk all we want, but unless we're willing to walk the walk, we aren't doing ourselves any justice here. So I guess that maybe is a segue into then how I ended up on the road for five days <laughs> in the spring of 2020, if we want to go that direction now. But they, I, I truly believe in passion, purpose, and employable job skill. And that has been my philosophy for the last five years. I think the employable job skill also comes from I'm a former shop teacher, and I do have all 10 fingers. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, just the whole career and technical ed piece of what I believed 20 years ago, going through college and the importance of career and tech ed, that hasn't dwindled just because I moved roles into the, the admin side of things. You know, I still have a, a deep passion for what career and technical education can provide to our students. So, wow, kind of went down a really winding road there. And I don't know how, I don't know where we go from here, but. <laughs> no, I, I got you. Well, and a couple of things there. What I, what I love is when you say passion, purpose, and employable job skill, you can rattle that off so effortlessly that you know that that's been something that has been said on repeat. And that's great to see that so ingrained in the culture there. And, and you, well, you did, you took the question right out of my mouth a moment ago, because I was going to say, well, there has to be some element of this that impacts the staff as well, because it has also been an incredibly challenging time for educators. You know, we, we've, I feel like I've referenced that senior class in particular about how the duration of their high school experience ha has really been disrupted by the things that have gone on. But uh, as all of us have been asked to navigate the last two and a half years across a myriad of pandemic learning scenarios uh, and the challenges that followed uh, yeah, I, speak to the leadership and, and how this message has fed the staff during this time. So I, really, it's the involvement piece and getting staff to buy into providing opportunities for kids, even though when it may be more work for us all as a staff, um, but then seeing when a teacher's passion comes through with either in the classroom or within an organization are like the coolest moments ever because like your, your, your message is coming to fruition. And, you know, the pro start is, is a prime example of that. Like we have a chef mentor who is a Milford graduate that comes helps with that class and she has the passion for it. So she's been out in the industry, but she comes in a couple of times a week and works with our students. And that really helps supplement that whole passion piece and what, what it can be. But then to see things, um, I think sports are the easy way to see that in our schools. Like they're the most visible things. They're the things out there. But then you also want to give credit and you want to recognize, you know, your FCCLA, your FBLAs, uh, your archery club, because those sponsors and teachers have a passion 
for what they do. It's just not as visible to the public. And so that's why we try to give give those organizations as much time on social media and sharing their story too, because everybody can see the scores in the paper on uh, online. So we really try to tell their stories through social media as well. And you know, one thing that my son as a seventh grader got involved with was our archery team. And our coach definitely has a passion for archery. And this year we qualified for nationals. And so a month ago, 12 students and a whole bunch of parents went out to Utah for the national archery shoot. Um, And my son was a part of that. And so that was really cool as a parent and as a principal to see those moments happen. And, you know, I got to spend four days with my son in Utah during the end of April that if we were here, here at school, probably wouldn't have spent all 24 hours with him for four days, you know, like, so when, when people's passions come through, you know, you get more out of your kids, you, you see successes that you could have never imagined before. And going back to this senior class, uh, we had multiple FCCLA state officers and two of them won individual national championships at FCCLA star over the past couple of years. So like, once again, that doesn't just happen in isolation that happens because of the teachers and the sponsors and everybody working together. And just because it's FCCLA doesn't mean that there aren't the speech teacher and the FBLA advisor helping to refine those and make them better. Kind of like the speech team and getting kids to qualify for state. They practice all the time, you know, or a musical. We just got done with our musical, Mary Poppins. That that doesn't happen without passion and the support of a, a community. And so, you know, back to your original question about how does that trickle down through your staff. That, that's exactly how it trickles down through our staff is, is their passions coming out and kids seeing that and then getting excited themselves about what, what can be. And we have just, we've been very blessed over the last couple of years, just to have tremendous success in, in a lot of what we do here at Milford High School. And it goes back to that passion that our teachers and our coaches and our sponsors have for what they do. And so I'm going to ask, because you talked about reading as being a passion of yours, and I do know that journaling and writing is something that we've had a chance to to discuss a little bit as well. Can you uh, press into that for a moment and kind of share maybe a little bit of your story? Um, Because we'll hear a little bit about this at Future Ready. You will. (laughs) You'll probably hear a lot about this at Future Ready. (laughs) Um, So like I said earlier, we all evolve and we change as we go through different phases of life. And as I referenced earlier, I didn't read, I mean, I read, but I didn't dig into reading until about 10 years ago for a number of different reasons. But, you know, once you start doing something, you find the benefit to it. Like you just like do as much as you can. And then sometimes you take a pause, but you always come back to it when it becomes a passion. And Austin Cleon in the book, Steal Like an Artist says, you you should always have three passions you're working on. One you're currently working on and two that are by the side so that when you get tired of the one, the other one's there to pick up. And so um, that's kind of how it's been for the last 10 years for me, um, woodworking, reading. And then when the pandemic hit, I've always been fascinated with history and reading primary sources, <laughs> you know, like real life experiences, the lived experiences of somebody through um, difficult times and biographies and those type of things. And, and so it was March 14th of 2020, and I was sitting at a board meeting and I started writing in during the board meeting, like there was a ton going on in that meeting. Like we hadn't let out for the year, but we knew we were going to let out for the year. The board had a ton of questions. My oldest daughter was a senior. I knew she probably wasn't coming back to school. And I knew this was going to get super, super heavy with her. And I like, I just started writing in this book and I'm like, wow, that like, I left the board meeting feeling 
good, which isn't the right word, but relieved in some sense, like, oh, wow, like that really was um, really helped me in that moment. And so starting on March 14th, I wrote every day in a journal and I filled up tons of journals about what that was, what it was like living through the pandemic. And it, it really helped me process what we were going through. I could yell at my journal and and not uh, verbalize that with anybody, but I felt better when it was done. And part of that was from, I was at the time, I still am, but I was working on my specialist degree from Doan and part of it is self-reflection. Like after each month you do a self-reflection and that's kind of where it started with Dr. Christensen showing me the power of self-reflection. And then I like clicked on March 14th. And like I said, for over a year then, I wrote every day in a journal and I have, I don't know, seven or eight filled journals. I got one in my book bag, but then, you know, there comes a time where that gets, you know, you feel like you're saying the same thing. It's so back to the having three passions. So I put that on the side, start reading again, and now I'm working on a dissertation. So that's kind of like filling both of those roles. I'm reading a lot and I'm writing a lot. So once again, like as you evolve, and I don't know where I'll be in five years either with either of those, but like as you evolve as a person, as you're learning and you're growing, you've got to be open to these moments of like clarity. And that was one of these moments of clarity, like, oh yeah, wow, there is a ton of power in self-reflection. There's a ton of power of writing, not typing, but I handwrite all my journals. Like there's power in writing and feeling the words on a page. Like I will catch myself just rubbing my hand over a finished page. Just like, wow, that's, that just feels awesome. Right? Like just all those little sensory moments in what you do. And then you have moments like aha moments, like how does that relate back to what I'm doing here sitting in this seat? And how does that make me a better father, a better, better husband, a better principal, a better leader? And so that has really been my focus kind of since the pandemic started and reading is, is a constant. I mean, there'll be months where I read like 10 books and there'll be a month where I read one, <laughs> you know, like it cycles through two, but it may be the reason I only read one book a month is because I'm stuck on that book and processing it and, and, you know, going through it and rereading it. And there's books that I've reread well, like a million miles in a thousand years by Donald Miller. I've, I think I'm up to 23 times I've read that book. And each time like something new pops out and I take that and, and run with it and, and relate it back to what I'm trying to do here. So that's kind of my like little personal dive into self-reflection and just core values and beliefs and, who you are in the worldview and where you're living at currently and how does that affect your worldview and what are the stories you're writing what are the stories you're telling and what are the stories you're consuming and so like that's that's my little universe that I live in um, currently and like I said in in three four years and uh, maybe it, it will be different because we learn and grow and this dissertation journey has really opened my eyes to some different things in the world. Cause I've been in, in this building for 20 years and I love it here. And I love this place. And I love the people, but there's, there's a whole world out there for us to explore and, and understand and know. And I think that's why I'm highly involved with the Nebraska principals association, the Nebraska council of school administrators, because I want to learn those people's stories and how urban districts deal with something compared to, to rural districts. And how do things happen in the suburban districts that could affect us? Cause you know, we're growing and they're growing at a fairly rapid pace and we got to be prepared for that. So once again, consuming information and, and compartmentalizing that and reflecting upon it and growing is, is a really big thing for me. You know, and that's part of why 
selfishly, I love doing the podcast because I get a chance once a week or even a couple of times a week uh, to check in on people's story, to hear what's going on in their world and to, to learn from their perspective. And it's like you said, one of a number of avenues. And I, I really appreciated a number of things that you shared there. And I, I enjoy writing, as you said, too, I kind of do that for seasons and then I get away from it and then I can I can double back. And it's always amazing to me that an idea can be locked in your own brain and it's yours, but you have to go through the process of writing to find it. And it's mm -hmm. that doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you really think about like just the fact that it lives in there, but you have to tease it out uh, and that you can do that through actually putting, you know, pencil or pen to paper is is not the way in which as a former English teacher, I feel like that people typically think about writing, you know, it's not the approach that, that folks take, but when you do, it can be really rewarding. And, and it resonated with me as well, your point about then there comes a time where, okay, that's what me today knows and has experienced and is able to process through the present lens. And so I, now I got to read, now I got to talk, now mm -hmm. I got to interact with somebody else because it, this lens is going to continue to evolve, as you said, uh, to use your word even. And the uh, continual investment in that is what leads to growth over time. Uh, and it's so fun to just hear your story with all those things. And I'm sure that's going to be part of the story that you tell at the Future Ready Conference. There's my segue. We'll kind of there bring it back around. I always like joke too that half hour goes so fast uh, in these conversations. Brandon, can you share a little bit about uh, just giving us a little preview, I guess, uh, of not only your keynote, but also some of the things you're going to do in follow-up sessions? Yeah. So keynote wise, back in, in spring of 2020, I, as I had mentioned earlier, my daughter was a senior and we lost the whole spring and we all lived that. That's our, all of our shared, shared experience. And uh, we all process that differently, but the week after what should have been graduation, I had this idea to take a trip. Everybody else was staying home and I'm like, I'm going to get my trek. I'm just going to drive by myself. Like my, my wife, my kids are not going with me. I'm going to eat and sleep in my truck. And I'm going to see where it takes me. And so I set on the road, set out on the road for what I thought would be a week and ended up being five days for a couple of reasons. But I just explored the state. And I, one thing that I haven't shared yet is a few years ago, photography became another one of those passions that I come back to. I, I let it sit, then I come back to. And, and so I set out on the road and, and I took my camera and my journal and I just wrote and took pictures about my experience and had no intention of doing anything with it other than to get away. I really just wanted to escape. And what ended up happening is I, I drove 1800 miles in five days. And as I was coming home on the last day, this idea came to me like, wow, I had these themes. Like I realized I'd taken similar pictures in a lot of different places on the road. And then I started reading my journal and I'm like, wow, like there's themes that come throughout this. And I grew up in small town, Nebraska, Osmond in Northeast Nebraska, and I have that lived experience and that's my worldview. And I passed through hundreds of small towns on this trip. And I'm like, what if I put this story together someday, somebody is going to want to know about what it was like living in the pandemic in 2020. You know, there was no cars on the road, you know, just, it was such a bizarre moment. Nobody's going to believe this. And so I'm like, I want to capture this now and what this moment means. And so for like the last three hours on the way home, I just talked into my phone about what are the themes, what are the stories that I have to share? And then I started putting it together for this book and you go back to passion and purpose. And that led to a whole other slew 
of I am way over my head here trying to figure out how to write a book. And so it was another learning moment, another growth moment. So I spent the next year putting this book together and learning about the publishing industry and how you even get a book published and what, what's the difference between self-publishing and finding a distributor and all that. And so it was like another whole story in itself was the after I took this trip, I put together this book and that's a whole, whole nother story in itself, but it all leads back to passion and purpose. And I, there's a lot of people that journal during that time. Where do those end up? Like they got to end up somewhere and hopefully they end up in the right hands so that somebody can preserve them for generations that will have never, no concept of what it was like living in 2020. And I wanted to take mine and put it into something that was at least a little more visible and maybe show up in a library shelf someday that somebody walks by and it's not just a journal that somebody wrote, but like something that is, that is concrete. And so that's kind of how the book came about. It it was never planned. And most adventures are never planned. I just set out on the open road and then realized like, wow, I might have something more here. And the lessons I learned during that time prepared me for the fall that was to come for the 2021 school year. And even this school year, the 21, 22 school year. And so that that's kind of the keynote <laughs> is just that story. But then the lessons that we learn about ourselves and about who we are and how we can help lead better came out of those five days because they were heavy for all of us. And that little piece for me, I think is unique. And the fact that I went out when everybody else was staying home and I created my own story during that time. And which then one of the breakout sessions then is just who, who are we? Like what drives us? What are our core values? What are our beliefs? Um, and it goes back to kind of the conversation we just had a little bit ago, like the information we consume, the people we surround ourselves and our passions and purpose influence our worldview. They influence how we lead. They influence the message we send to our students. And so that is all preparing kids for a world <laughs> that we can never, we can never predict. And that has never changed, whether, you know, we think we're living in, in a time where we can't predict the future. Well, I grew up in the eighties and I'm pretty sure we could only dream of having a device in our hands. I know we dreamed of having a device in our hands. And I remember talking about, wouldn't it be cool to have a phone that you could see the other person on the other end and have a conversation? Well, now we do. It's called FaceTime. And so we've always been preparing our students for things that will eventually exist that we can't quite predict. But if we ground it in my philosophy, if we can ground it passion and purpose and employable job skills, we're preparing them for whatever that future may hold. And so really diving into the whole core values, self-reflection, our own beliefs, who we are, who's influencing us, what what are those influences? And just taking a little deeper look at that, because I don't think we do that enough either. We get so busy with the day-to-day things, the management things. We don't ever take time, even if it's a half hour, half hour, okay, who are the five people I talk to the most? What does individual A provide for me? What does individual B provide for me? What do I provide for them? What help and support do I provide? Because it's a two-way street. You know, what books am I reading? Okay, what is the main theme? What did I pull from that one? What's the latest TED Talk I've watched? Uh, You know, those type of things. So just digging in a little bit deeper, because I think that can open up our eyes to what could be next for ourselves as leaders. And then once again, how does that trickle down and affect or impact our staff and then ultimately our students? Gosh, so many great pieces uh, in what you just shared there. And it's, you know, struck me almost to just say that your passion is being passionate about a number of things and, and experience in life and all of its different shades. And I, it, 
to do that well, I think requires a certain level of intentionality. And I hear that also in what you're talking about that, you know, when things start to get static, seeking out the opportunity to grow and even uh, taking action when, how don't you kind of reference just the thought of striking out on a week long journey uh, when everybody else is staying home. You know, and I think that there's uh, something to kind of own in your story with that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that we're going to own that moment <laughs> instead of staying at home and actually get out and go, go do something uh, and something that, well, and I'll say this, and in doing so, it led to everything that's transpired since then, right? And so I do think when you put yourself out there, uh, it is an opportunity for the universe, we'll just say, to kind of smile back uh, and give you a chance to share that with others, whether that's uh, at a keynote, or with us on the pod today. So Brandon, thank you so much for your time, for your continued advocacy, both within Milford, but uh, broadly in education, uh, because we certainly need it. And I'll be looking forward to your sessions at Future Ready and uh, hope that others get a chance to join us as well. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, it's amazing. Opportunity leads to more opportunity. And COVID was, you hate to say COVID was an opportunity, but COVID provided me those five days to take out on the open road. I wouldn't have had them otherwise. And I wouldn't be living this story if it wasn't for that. So it's taking those opportunities, even when it seems like they're the worst of opportunities and and taking advantage of them. And it's led to me being able to share my story countless ways. And I'm super excited about the Future Ready Conference and and being able to share my story with with your audience as well. Well, uh, we look forward to having you for that event. And again, that's going to be on June 13th and 14th. Uh, you can register at nefutureready.com. And again, Brandon, thank you so much for your time and we'll see you in June.